Your host, Charlie Brown, joined by his co-host, Sean, a.k.a. Sloyd Butler. What's good, people of the world? Hey, you know my favorite slogan. We are back. And welcome to another episode of Thin Line Between Sports and Hate. And it's the good, the bad, the ugly, and the traded. And in this episode, we're going to go over all the transactions that happened. And we're going to dive a little deep into the Dallas Mavericks and the whole Knicks trade fiasco. Because to me, there are still some things I just don't understand. Such a great talent in Dennis Smith Jr. Dallas Mavericks was just, no problem, hey, we'll get rid of him. Instead of just trying to work it out with another awesome draft pick and the rookie they have in Luka Doncic. But we're going to dive more into that a little later through the episode, so stay tuned for that. And also, we got question of the week. Who has the higher ceiling at the end of their career? Would it be Jason Tatum or Kyle Kuzma? I'll let you know who I picked. And you can hear who Sloyd picked, definitely. Um, you want to be here for this discussion. Very good topic. We also go over the um, rookie report. And, you know, in the latest episode of um, Butler's Quarters. And we also got a new seg- two new segments we added on called, um, you know, On the Tube. Where we um, dissect little segments from either um, some of the best sports shows from First Take, Undisputed, The Jump. And uh, this week, I, we, um, we actually chose um, Undisputed with LeVar Ball. We're going to dive more into his comments. We're going to speak about Luke Walton, Magic Johnson. We got a great, fun-packed episode. So definitely um, stay tuned. And um, also shout-out to um, Sportsway with Dre all day. Check him out on Spotify, Anchor. He's also another um, podcaster who talks about sports. I've listened to about four episodes. Really, really good. He's another brother from the, um, from the East Coast, Brooklyn. You know, we show love as the Brooklyn way, stand up all day, every day. You can check out Sportsway with Dre on, on, like I said, on Spotify, Anchor. Check him out. And also check out Grown Man Talk, Loma Creates, Custom, custom Cakes. This is all on Instagram. Check out the pages. Show some love. Because you know what? That's all I'm about. We got to show love to everybody. And um, I can't wait for you guys to dive in. I'm actually feeling really good about this episode. Put a lot more love and work into the production. Like I told you guys, you're trying to get better every episode, man. And um, shout out to the people who just love everybody, man. Uh, just feeling really good, man. It's a Friday night. Feeling awesome. You know, got the weekend off. But let me not talk too much. I want you guys to feel even better. So check out this episode, all right? Stay, stay blessed all day, every day. They're not between sports and hate. Good people, we are black, back, and better than ever. 
another episode of Thin Line Between Sports and Hate. And let me tell you, it feels good being in the neighborhood when it's And I'm joined by no other than who? State your name, gangster. What's good, family? Sloyd Butler again. And you know, man, this NBA season just gets crazier and crazier with every episode we talk about, man. And with the trade deadline finally over, a lot of trades have has happened in NBA. A lot of trades for the good or for the bad. We got to talk about that. We're also going to discuss question of the week. Who has the higher ceiling, Kuzma or Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics? It's a very good one for you people out there. And, of course, you know, we got Butler's quarters going on with the uh, rookie report. And I am very interested to see who fell off or who climbed the top of the charts. Uh, before we get into that, though, you know, something interesting happened, um, Sloyd, right before I got into this. Um, you know, I'm... I'm huge into boxing and I uh, like MMA, big MMA fan. Um, so, you know, I follow some of these guys, too, as well. And this one um, boxer, I don't know if you know the name of him. You big into MMA, Sloyd, by any chance? I'm, I'm getting into it, man. I checked I checked out some guy knocked out Anderson uh, Silver. That, I mean, I, I was watching that uh, interview and stuff. Yes, um, I can't pronounce his name. It starts with an I. He's very good. That was actually a very good fight. I thought, um, to be honest with you, he was going to crush Anderson Silver. But Anderson Silva fought very well for somebody who's probably turning 50 within a few years. Um, as so far we can tell, past the drug test, very he took a few hits too. He told, he said, "Yo, hit me, hit me." And I was like, "Oh man, I, I would never do that." <laughs> I think know? he was challenging the young boy. He he know what he got. He was, he was. He was. Like he handed a torch over to him. That's what I saw. I, I thought so too. It was a very good fight because that young boy. Oh man, I'm so sorry. I forget his name. I think he's like Eastland or something like that. Very, he's a very good fighter. I watched several of his fights. Actually, very elusive. He got the, the kicks they were throwing. I, I thought he got an incredible reach too for his punch. Incredible reach, and he has power and he's quick. I thought really that fight for a stand-up striking game that was probably UFC at its finest. I love that because I'm more of a grappler kind of guy. I like to see what dudes can do when they get out of the floor. Not so much a striker because I watch boxing so. You know, it's not the same for but I love to see these guys do the Brazilian jujitsus and the moves they could just pull out of anywhere. But not to digress too far, because we are on the UFC subject, I follow a, a former champion actually by the name of Anthony Rumble Johnson. And it's funny because um he is no longer a UFC fighter. He actually started this thing called bare knuckle fights. Basically, if you watch the Kimball Slice YouTube um video back in the day. This is all this is. So um, I watched a few highlights from it. I wasn't entertained because at the end of the day, UFC and boxing, those are sports. They have a certain elegance and skill that make them a sport. Bare knuckle brawling, we can do that in the park. Get a few, get, go to the pub, have a few lick, a few shots in us. I mean, that, that can happen anywhere. To me, that's nothing but... Back in my high school days, so I used to watch Kimbo Slice on on YouTube. So yeah, I wrote. Go, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What you said, bro? No, no, no. I was saying everybody did. Everybody, you know, was into Kimbo, but nobody yeah, really was willing to go back there in the backyard and fight somebody like that. Bear yeah. Uh, to me, you know, I, I mean, I watched it, but you know, if, if it was like a pay per view or something, I definitely wouldn't spend my money. No, I mean, you watch it because I mean, it's, it's, it's entertainment. It's, it's something that hey, a little bit, not too much. I couldn't watch too many of those fights. After a while, it's just like, it's just, you know, just animals going after it. 
There's no no sportsmanship. There's no nothing in this. It's, you know, so he's, he has that going on. No longer in UFC. I kind of disagree. I, you know, wrote on the on the page. I said, listen, man, I'm a big fan of yours, but I kind of disagree with the bare knuckle. I said, you know, be honest, boxers don't fight outside of the boxing match because hands are considered lethal weapons. Yeah. Fists break bones. Things happen. People get punched drunk. Um, I never forget I was watching this one UFC fight thing. Yo, Romero knocked the guy out, and he ran to him because he was concerned. He was like, you know, after the fight, he was like, these people got families and things like that. So I think bare knuckle is just taking it too far. Way yeah, too far. It was, it was a fight back in maybe a couple of years back. Some guy got his eye knocked out of his socket. That's when I stopped watching it. Like, I, I left it alone after that. It, was just and it has nothing about, you know, some people take it as, like, you know, because I wrote him, I said, you know, Huge fan of you, but of, of yours, excuse me. But I'm not in total agreement with bare knuckle fighting. I believe there's more value to a human being's life, especially if this is something you're trying to do as limitless face it. If not, it's not that much money really in UFC unless you're a top tier fighter. So yeah. I'm pretty sure there's no money in bare knuckle fighting, okay? So you're getting the shit knocked out of you for nothing. All right? So I totally disagree with that. And I uh, wrote on it and. To my amazement, he wrote me back. Him and a few other people, you know, of course, you know, I got slandered like crazy. Oh, you pussy. You need to go, you know, don't watch it. So I kindly respond back to people who don't read my comment. But him had me laughing because he said, well, were you a fighter or a spectator? Let me know. And, uh, and here's my thing about it. You find a see you, you, you social media, thank God for it, because it lets you know these either, you know, Z-list celebrities, whatever you want to call them. A lot of people are just straight assholes. Oh, most definitely, yeah. Because I, definitely. Like, I was seeing, thinking to myself, what the hell did I say wrong to this man? And people what coming you out. You, I, I you, you, know, you challenge you you his character of him trying to make money outside of that. That's what it is. You, it, it wasn't even that you said anything wrong. He just looked at it as a challenge because when you're telling somebody that what you're doing is more dangerous than what you were already known for, what mm -hmm. I became a fan of you of, it's like you're basically telling them, like, dude, you should go back to UFC. And I'm pretty sure he probably can't do that because whatever reason he left. Oh, know. yeah, because he's out of shape. He's no longer Anthony Rumble. He's probably Anthony Mumble Johnson because damn sure keeping that, that fork to his mouth. Uh, definitely overweight. Uh, but he can go into to the heavyweight shit. Brock Lesnar's big. Uh, his time is over. And, you know, I understand you want to go into a different platform. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking a man's money or anything like that. I just said to my... Opinion disagree, but this is less you this just lets you know how fucked up society is where you can't disagree without people lashing out for no other reason. And yeah. I told him, you know, everybody who responded in such a negative way, I said thank you. Because you just showed me that individuality is a crime in this world because I disagree with something. It's not even about you disagreeing back, it's the remarks. And I love debate, so I kept going at it because I'm a troll killer. <laughs> you know, I just seen you. I just seen you some of the screenshots, man. I go at it with fans all day. It, it doesn't bother me, but it's the stupidity. After a while, it, it's just like really, really. So you know, I, I kind of went in, and then when you go in, people always go, "Oh man, oh, oh they triggered your emotions. They triggered my emotions." I'm just simply replying back, "You freaking Neanderthals." But that's just how that go. And on that one, man, that's going to be the first jackass of the week. And I got to give that to Anthony Rumble Mumble Johnson and his whole crew out there. You broke bare knuckle motherfuckers. Mm. <laughs> Enjoy it. It won't last long. Um, 
Protect, and your, that's all protect your job, man. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. all I can say. That's all, that's all I'm going to say, too. And um, he, also, he said something about Gladiators real quick. First of all, Anthony, that was a movie. We are now in 2019. There's no need for Gladiators. We have technology. There's no need to be fighting in cages and pits and things like that. We have protection. People can actually fight now and sustain their humanity and fight to live the next day. So there is no more of this gladiator shit, Nero. That's over. And that's all I'm going to say on that. So let's get round the mound basketball. Let's get downtown Charlie Brown. I'm feeling good, feeling great. And all these trades has got me doing another episode of Thin Line Between Sports of Hate, man. Um, one of the best trades that me and you probably agree with, but a lot of people disagreed, was with the Knicks, man. And um, you said it. I, I got to give you props on this. Diddy Smith Jr. is doing what in New York right now, bro? Even though we're losing. That's what he, he wanted. Be home, man. You got to look at the way his style of play is. You need, you need exposure. You know, Dallas wasn't a place for him, that system. I mean, you, you see it. Even Tim Hardaway's having, a, you know, a few good games since he joined Dallas. So I think it was an equal trade because Tim Hardaway was a bust in New York. Mm-hmm. Everybody see that. So now, you know, you see the floor being able to be spread more. Like I told you about, um, since we're speaking on another guard, uh, like Dennis Smith Jr., he's, his upside is tremendous. Tremendous. Right he's in a position to where he has more control of the floor of the game. His turnovers are going to be cut down because decision-making is going to be a little bit more restricted from him. What I mean by that is they want him to score. They don't want him to pass mm-hmm. the ball. So by him being able to be more of a scorer, I think he's going to be an example to the other guy who just got traded. Um Markel Fultz in what? Orlando, yeah. mm-hmm. I think once he comes back and he's healthy, he's going to lead that team at least to, you know, a few playoffs. If him and Aaron Gordon can build that chemistry and Mo Bamba oh, is excellent. Man, talent, why I, does I he think, get called more? Not to cut player. you off, Mo Bamba. Why does he get called out more? I like Mo Bamba, man. I feel like he, he's having a decent year, but he hasn't had the year that we expected him to have, you know. He's not leading in blocks. He's not, I don't even think he's top. No, he, he he so isn't. He, I, I, maybe I'm just being a tad bit of a fan there. I, I just like the kid Obama. I'm not even going to lie to you, man. I mean, I like him too, but I just feel like, you know, he he got a lot of work to do. You know, he, he need to go holler at Matumbo. He need to go holler at Alonzo Mourning. You know, some of those guys that were bruisers by the rim, but they still find ways to get baskets too. Even even like a um your guy you always mentioned. Oh. Um, Jamal oh, McGlory, man, you know, I was like a big Jamal McGlory fan, yeah. Positioning. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who can show him, you know, that he can be more than just a shot blocker because DeAndre Ayton, I mean, isn't an amazing talent in my opinion. I think he has tremendous upside because what he can build and add to his game. Mm-hmm. It's like you come in as a as a, as a clay rock sculpture mm-hmm. and then the NBA molds you into this, you know, beautiful, you know, um, Sculpture, I guess I'm trying to say something that you would see, you know, people pay millions of dollars for. That's what most centers are coming in as now. Like most of them don't have the defined game to shoot the three and play the post and pass the ball and play defense. Is it they have one and they're working on the other? So with both of those guys, I think you know what they got to do is just continue to move up. <coughs> Real talk. That's what makes um Joel and B such a amazing talent. Is that for a big man? Not only can he rebound, defend, he can get his own shot. Yeah, he he's a one in a lifetime type of player. I mean, we don't see it right now. You know, everybody doesn't see it. Maybe we see it the basketball heads, but I think long term, um, he's gonna have a better upside than most centers. In my opinion, I think he's gonna be one of the greatest centers of all time after the Shaqs, the Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You have to put him in like that six to seven spot as far as best centers of all time. 
And that's just my opinion. Even right now, you can do that with him just because of the way he plays and the way he changes the floor of the game. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And also, believe it or not, I think because Dennis Smith Jr. is given that free range that he wasn't given for some odd reason, which we'll talk about a little later in um, Dallas, He's actually facilitating the ball very well, actually, averaging up, I think, about eight assists a game. So, um, very capable of doing it consistently. I thought, you know, career wise, when he came in, he's going to average like 21 points and like seven, you know, assists a game. That's what I expected of him coming out of college. So, I think we'll be able to see that now, you know, with him being in New York. I hope they keep him there and they put guys around him that can, you know, hone his game out because you don't want to bring in some ball hungry guys because he needs the ball in his hand to be efficient for a mm-hmm. unit. I mean, that's just the best way to put it. That's why we saw him, you know, slide down once um, Luca came into the situation because Luca had more ball control. Luca's playing a two guard, but he's running. He's point. running point I mean, exactly what you expect to do. Yeah, exactly. And um, you what you know, and that's a big thing too. Exactly, you you were the man last year. You got all this praise. Did great in the slam dunk contest. You know what I'm saying? Which is why you're coming back again this year. Praise God, you're coming back from New York. Coming back from New York this year, baby. Um, but to your point, I, I just thought that was just crazy. Oh, okay, uh, new rookie comes in, and um, yeah, you want to start him. You figure you could see if you can get a little small guard lineup. But guess what? It doesn't work for everybody. I thought Lucas should have been the two guard. They put the ball primarily, primarily, excuse me, and did a Smith Junior hands and let him facilitate because um. Luca's really more about his own shot. He's a more cop out passer, and um, I think I mean, he, he, listen, he's excitement. I watched him um last night. He played very well. Um, but if you had to, mm, I, I I don't know. I I just thought the way the coach Rick Carlisle. I, I like Rick Carlisle. Believe it or not, I always thought he reminded me of a knockoff Jim Carrey. I, I don't know why, but um, <laughs> I always like Rick Carlisle. And I just didn't understand. Maybe it was the Mark Cuban influence. I don't know. But I, as I watched the Mavs this season, as they had the Smith Jr., I was just asking myself, what, what are these two doing out here? They just don't mesh. And once you saw that, it's kind of, it, the cards were kind of already in play that somebody had to go. And I thought that was a little yeah. kind of messed up. But hell, shoot, that's better for us. Why not? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and like I said, he's balling. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is balling. Also says, you know, also Mitchell and Mitchell Robinson, which I thought would be great. Uh, they let go Wesley Matthews. Well, I like Wesley Matthews. I'm always there for the underdog. Remember how Wesley Matthews came in the league? That man earned his paycheck. Had that nasty injury. Um, came back. And Wesley Matthews, man, I, I'm a big fan of him, man. I, I don't know about you, but I'm a big Wesley Matthews fan. No, I always respected his game. He always reminded me of like a Michael Finley type of player. So I always respected his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, yeah, definitely. Uh, I de- huge fan, but you know what? Um, listen, no need to keeping him around, which we we know we're tanking. Um, so hey, let him go. We're releasing Indy's cancer. I still said that we could have got a good package with him, Wesley uh, and Frank. We at least got a mid to late first rounder. I don't give a damn what Atrin says. You're getting something for eating this cancer. I don't give a damn. Shoot, if you're getting something, yeah, if you can trade Reggie Bullock, that was dumb. <laughs> you can get something for eating this cancer. That was really stupid of the Knicks just to let him go. Even if, as I said, you get him for draft picks, you don't have to take on another salary. 
Right. You didn't. They, they should have did something with that because it's it's always <coughs> the center. I mean, he's a great rebounder. That's and he's not the most intimidating uh defender, but he does know how to protect. Yes, he, he, he can rebound and listen. That is important in this league today. Second chance points, which he is a very good offensive rebounder. Very good offensive rebounder. And second chance points, let me tell you, a lot of times that wins you the game. Miss your shot, somebody tips the, or slaps the rebound to the open man, that's the game winning shot. Offensive rebounds are very big in this league. Second chance points are very big, and that's what he gives you. You know, people, uh, I, I just don't understand how some people sleep on him. Um, when he was OKC with Steven Adams, he was killing it. I love those two yeah. together. He was a better version of, of, of what, to me, what they had with Nick Collison and Ibaka because Nick Collison was always hurt. Always hurt. That's a great comparison. That's a great comparison. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. Okay, so, the sleep yeah, on Enos Cantor, to me, is, is kind of crazy as if he, he doesn't do nothing. But um, I, the Knicks, is, um, they had to do something stupid. And letting him go for free was was crazy. But listen, we got a good point guard. We haven't had a good one since. Uh, what you want to say, Stephon Marbury? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was the last, last one that actually one? did anything. Uh, yeah, and I mean, no knock against you, Nate. We love you, Nate. But I mean, it wasn't you know a unit type of thing. It was it was more you doing what you needed to do to benefit you know you as an individual player. You know, and I'm not I'm not knocking him for that. I feel like, you know, with Nate, Nate if Nate had more around him, maybe he could have created more and done more. But he had to, you know, take control and do everything himself because of the type of unit the Knicks have always put around great guards. I mean, they, they don't they don't compliment their players well. It's always been a franchise that never com- complimented their players. I mean, since the UN days, they haven't really put any real talent around their main guy. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see these guys willing to leave New York. I mean, I always said I could never leave a place like that if I had opportunity to get drafted to New York. But I understand why, you know, Przingis wanted out, why he asked for a trade. You know, that's coming to light now that he asked for a trade. He's trying to keep it under wraps. But he had to ask for a trade, in my opinion, because if he didn't, he wasn't ever going to, you know, get a chance to rejuvenate his career. He was going to always be a bust if he didn't get them to the playoffs and win at least the East Coast Finals. So, I think, you know, everything that happened, his brother forced in their hand. You know, I don't like the way they go about things nowadays, having these other guys in there speaking for them. Mm-hmm. But I do respect that you got somebody on your side that can go in and say what you want to say without you having to be the one to step on anybody's toes. So I respect it. I mean, I can't knock either either party. Hey, two things you mentioned that was really good. Um, with the Porzingis thing, I kind of knew he wasn't going to stay when the Knicks – didn't offer him an extension. I said, oh, yeah. he's not he's not staying. Um, be real with you. Love Porzingis. Uh, Max Kellerman always says, oh, hey, oh he's 7-3, shoot, handles like a guard. Yes, I know that for a fact. But the problem is, at such a young age, and he had Mello with him, he was he was always hurt. And with the yeah. bit, and I said that. I said, with a big man like that coming in so frail as he does, I said is he, he's very prone to being injured. And, and big men, it happens. At Yao Ming, we all knew that he was not going to last long. But, hell, the years he gave us was great. What happened? Foot injury. Zadrunas so Sagalkis, what happened? Foot injury. It's, it's very, it's, yeah. um, Embiid has had foot problems. Shaq has had foot problems. It happens where you're a mobile big like that. It, it just happens. And it's not easy. Because remember, you're jumping up there. 
And as frail as he is, the last thing you want to do is land in, in a club full of sneakers. <laughs> All right? Uh, that's an ankle yeah. twister right, waiting to happen right there. The other interesting fact that you brought up is uh, Nate Robinson. Because I thought about him recently as I'm watching Luca play. And the only reason I say that is not to compare the size or the athleticism. But how can I say? They're very sporadic when they're on the court. The decision-making, bro. That's what you want to say. I don't – yeah, that, thank you. I don't know what these guys are going to do at times. Even yeah, decision-making, whether it be passing the ball or the shots they take. Now, Luca has taken some crazy shots and has made them. One thing I will give Luca, and I cannot knock, he is clutch. That man has no problem taking the last second shot and will make it. That is great. But at the same time, I don't want to see that next season. I see that. I think. He, I mean, look at it like this. Hello, how, not to cut you off, but how we were talking about Spidey the other day, other uh, podcast. You got to look at like you know the unit he has, and you also got to look at the coaching style that's going on right now. They want him to be this sporadic player to find points because they want the excitement. People are coming because of the tickets need to be sold. They're not coming because they're winning. They're coming because you got a talent out there, and you don't know what he's going to do next. Like you, you, you know, you're waiting to be, you know. It's basically like you're waiting for a magician to show you his next trick. I hear you, you know, on that. So when, when, when you're in a position like that with Luka, his game's going to evolve, but it's not going to evolve early in his career. He's going to still be that sporadic player because that's what we want to see. I mean, it's it's kind of how Stephen Curry will shoot a million threes. Matter, you know, no matter if he makes them or miss them, he's still going to keep shooting because, you know, the fans want to see that. They're coming for that. And that's what, you know, his element of his game is. I think Luca being that sporadic player <clears throat> is going to make him, if he get his ball handling together and lose some weight, he can be like a Jamal Crawford type of scorer where you don't know what he's going to do next because he's so herky-jerky with his moves. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he can he can be more than just a one-dimensional player, but that's on him to actually go out there and want that. You know, he got to get with some different trainers. He got to get that weight off of him and, and learn the Americanized way of how to handle the ball. Because Euro, they just dribble the ball out. I mean, Steve Nash showed us that. You know, they, they dribble all day and then they try to find a basket. He has to know how to set, you know, do a counter move to set something up. Whether and, it's for him or for one of his teammates. And and that, but see, I, I can get with you on that. But to the people that you brought up to compare him to, exactly. What have they accomplished in their career? And that's what I'm getting to. Um, I think of him also as a Jason Williams type player. Remember Jason Williams rookie year? White chocolate? Disgusting. Nasty. You don't know what... What Jay Will was going to do, fake it, pass it behind the back, throw between the legs, pass it, go for a layup, spin around, pass it, shoot it. Didn't know what Jay Will was going to do. How was Jay Will's career? That's all I'm saying. I want to see it sharpen up more. I don't want to see him in this, you know, Ricky Rubio is exciting. Where's Ricky Rubio now? You know, don't be the statistic um, foreign player. Um, I think most Euro guys, when they come in, all foreign players, model your games after the champs, such as a Dirt, a Manu Ginobili, uh, guys who, who've won and who's done things for their teams. Dirk Nowitzki. Even, even if you're, I mean, as a, as a guard, if you're, if you're a Euro player, you need to model your game after Steve Nash. It's not about A little bit more, too, yeah. It's not the way he handled his team. He was always a great general. I always say him and Jim Kiel probably two of the best generals. Oh, Floyd, Floyd, ever, yeah, ever to play the ever play the game. Um, yeah, we gotta throw them, throw them up there with the Oscar Robinsons, the John Stocktons, guys who really just con control the the tempo of the floor. 
you know, these guys would sit there. Magic Johnson, you know, excuse me. Sorry if I didn't mention him. You're right. Those guys. And I can see him involved in that kind of play. I, I see Luka at his highest getting 20 and 10 every night. I don't see 20 and 10, but I do I do see at least 20 minutes <coughs> a game and maybe seven to eight assists a game. I don't see it was. He can get more. But, see, that's the thing. That's what kills me is that what you said, people want to see the flashiness. People want to see the flair and things like that. So, what was the problem with Dennis Smith Jr.? Because he gave them that last year, and um, that's exciting to see him do a three sixty. Yes, he had a good well, he did. I thought, well, I don't understand what was I, going I thought he had before. an awesome year. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna have to say this. But it's always I've always thought this for a long time. But Mark Cuban's sort of like to me the basketball Chip Kelly when he came to to the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, um. I'm sorry, it's like he just won his team full, full of Euro players. And he's even been quoted saying that, oh, we we need to play like Euro basketball. You know, um, so I could see him having damn near an all-foreign team. Which, listen, I'm not against that or anything like that, but don't shut out us American players, whether black, white, Hispanic, whatever. Don't do that to us because... You favor a Euro play. And to me, I'm sorry, that's all that situation seemed like. There was no reason for me th to see Dennis Smith Jr. in such a decline after he had such a great um, rookie year. And look, automatically goes to the Knicks. And don't tell me because the Knicks are trash because, I'm sorry, Dallas Mavericks, last time I checked, they're not in the playoff hunt. They're, they're in the same boat. <laughs> you know, exactly what, I, what, what I'm trying to get to. So anybody anybody out there that says the Knicks are trash and, oh, this is the reason why he's killing it, Dallas Mavericks aren't a Cinderella story last time I checked either. Yeah. So I, I, I'm very baffled by this. Uh, you know, Mark Cuban has always confused me because it seems like, especially since uh, since he got dirt, remember he was signing guys like Ray Flefence and Tom Glucleata, and I'm like, Ooh. Well, he signed Ray LaFrance to a huge-ass contract. Or pick, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, picked up his huge contract. But if I'm not mistaken, yeah, he, he signed him. Uh, but Ray LaFrance was, was hurt. He barely played with the Dallas Mavericks. You know? I mean, one player I always said, I don't know if people remember him playing for the Mavericks, and I, I'll say it, it didn't make sense to why he didn't have a tremendous upside. Monte Ellis. Oh, Monte Ellis that was big. That. Coming off that, of Golden State, right bugging there, out, undersized guard that can score. Yeah. But when he was when he was in Dallas, he had some great years, and I just understand him and Devin Harris. Devin Harris, yes. Play, then neither one of them got the notoriety that they deserved, or even got the you know playing time that I feel like they deserved. And I'm not trying to you know go into the whole racist thing with Mark Cuban, but I do feel like he does not want the face of his franchise to be an African American. He it wants seemed, it to be yeah. somebody white or a foreigner, foreigner, you know, not even American white. I wouldn't even say that. Yeah, more of a European. Uh, um, white because he is biased to uh, he is biased. He loves his Euro basketball. He probably sits there, going goes at home and turns on Maccabi Tel Aviv. You know, it, it, it's I don't know, man. That did a Smith Jr. Man, I don't want to spend too much time on that. But um, anything, your last thoughts on that? Because to me, I it just I don't understand it. You know, it's like when Chip Kelly came, he just got rid of Shady McCoy. He's just like that, what. And, I mean, every, anybody that knows me know that I was a big Eagles fan and took Chip Kelly ruined my whole team. That's what I feel about, you know, when you brought that analogy up, I really respected it because that's what I feel like is going on nowadays. If you are a player that 
you can prove your talent, but you talk more than you are able to prove your talent, i.e., uh, Markel Fultz, like you're, you're speaking up for yourself, saying what you know you're capable of. Dennis McJulian did the same thing. They're not going to give you that opportunity. They're going to mm-hmm. say, okay, well, you know, you, you want to disrespect Mouson? All right, all right I'm, I'm going to sell you to the next uh, plantation over. And that's how it mm-hmm. seems now. Mm-hmm. People don't want to look at it like that. You know, we may lose some uh, listeners because of what I'm saying. But you got to be honest in your in your statements and what you're seeing as a former athlete and somebody who loves the game. You know what I'm saying? You you got to see that these guys are not really giving a fuck no more. I mean, look at how the Lakers are, you know, just to throw it out there real quick, how the Lakers are being fined for even trying to talk to any player at this point. Why do you think mm-hmm. this happened? They don't want a black man to be in power. Of anything, they don't want you to go behind the door and do shit that we'll do. Oh, these motherfuckers think they're smarter than us. That's how they look at it. So you know, when you're seeing stuff like that, you gotta understand that it's a different way they're trying to take the game, and you gotta understand that you gotta play both sides. If you don't have the mindset to play both sides, you will only be a um, porch monkey, as they say. Mm. And you know what? I didn't want to talk about that, but it was something I actually did think of. Um, about a week ago during LeBron's absence, is that um, Magic has, you know, Magic is, is damn near, you could say, um, Magic keeps doing what he's doing. He could be in line as probably the first owner of NBA team. And not just in, any NBA team. I mean, we're talking about the L.A. Lakers. The L.A. Lakers. And to what you're saying... Let's be real. Um, Magic Report Card, and I love Magic. A lot of people don't want to say it, but let's be real. The Magic Report Card is probably about a C. It's not, it's not too good. And as far as being a to, GM, or you saying just like, and overall. overall, and to to go on what you're saying, if they keep doing things as if the Lakers can't even talk to somebody or. You know, can't even mention anything, or they getting fined, getting investigated. It's like, and believe me, you know, I'm no Braun fan, but I listen, man. Certain things are seeming a little unfair. I mean, the Pelicans, Jesus, <laughs> you guys could have got a great squad. I'm sorry, I would have went for that trade. You know, you would have left the Lakers damn near destitute and depleted. You know, yeah, but you would have had to open it up in the West for you. Th- yeah, definitely. But it's like, yeah, they, they the stopped. They would have wanted to play good in the West to try to, okay, let's try to mm-hmm. fight and beat, make the playoffs and make sure the Lakers don't make it. And they stopped this trade. So let's just say worst case scenario, right? Just kind of say what you're saying, right? Which is they they doing magic dirty in the Lakers. And you feel maybe because, you know, it's magic and he's African-American. Really, basically... When you think of the Lakers now, I mean, you always thought of Magic, but now it's like a rebirth. You really think of the Magic because you know what? He's there. He's not doing the Phil Jackson where he's sleeping he's and not things going like that. Like, that's one thing yeah, we that's all know. We, we, know, we, we know, know that, but I'm just saying, like, worst case scenario, don't get AD. Um, Braun didn't look too good the other night getting blown out by Philly, and he's had and he had two days off, and he just looked terrible. I'm I'm not even gonna lie. Maybe he's still hurt. We don't know. You know, trying to come back and just to save these guys so they can make the playoffs. But let's say worst case scenario, they don't get AD. Uh, LeBron may sustain another injury or something like that. Lakers don't look good next season either. It, it's gonna be you know the narrative is gonna be the magic is gone. 
and that's going to be really effed up. And I hope not because actually, you know, I, they always said you need the top teams. I hate to say they'll always keep the NBA going, which is the Lakers, the Knicks, Boston. Um, maybe I don't know. Would you say Chicago? As far as best teams, or as far as like guys? the meccas, like as meccas of the uh, of the yeah, NBA, definitely. like I mean, actual, definitely, definitely. I mean, I would mean, you say what, yeah? I, what, what, like, MJD left, 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 uh, you know. That's what, what I'm thinking too. Six, six, six chips. I mean, listen, they got more than the Knicks um, organization, and that is considered the mecca of basketball MSG. Yeah, you know, um, Boston definitely up there. L.A. Lakers up there. Um, low key, you know, Philadelphia got some chips. Low key. I mean, you gotta people look, don't know. You gotta look at history. You got to look at the players too. If you think about it, <laughs> Philly would definitely oh. get there because of the players that they had to come through there. And then you gotta even now, in a sense, you gotta put Miami in there because of the talent they had come through. Uh, yeah, and the championships that they won in the two thousands. So. Yeah. And and soon and soon Golden State Warriors because let's, let's let's face it they win another one that is very impressive and already they have more than a lot of franchises and um you may have to throw the Spurs in there brother not no man that's, that's a definite I mean you know what I'm saying franchises yeah. of all time all right and uh, that pretty much sums up how we feel about the Knicks and their trade um we'll take a break real quick and get to these commercials we'll be back. With the Butler's quarters. Stay tuned, y'all. Then line between sports and hate. Coming back. Yep, and after those commercials and bills are paid, we are back and um I think it's time for people some you know, some people say they favor segment that is the Butler's Quarters. And as usual in the Butler's Quarters, my man Sloyd Butler's going to break down some of these trades that happen. And, you know, the weekly rookie report. Sloyd, take it away, please. What's good? What's good, family? Welcome back to Butler's Quarters. All right, first things first. Uh, you know, we just got to... I'll say a few quick ones real quick uh, as far as the trade talk. Who do you think came out the best? Uh, me voice, in my opinion. I believe it was Philly and the Bucks. I think they made the best moves playoff-wise and long-term. They put the right talent around the superstars to definitely, you know, leave a winning impression on the fans and have something to build off of. Tobias Harris has taken over the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid all need to take a back seat and let that king be a king because that's his team now. He has came out there and shown that he's willing to do whatever he needs to do to win and prove that he's the best player on the court at all times. And I like that in him now at this point in his career because when he was in Detroit, I always said he had a tremendous upside. And to see it, you know, pan out the way it is right now, I think he's going to finish off his career in the sense of what we thought Danny Granger was going to be. If you guys don't remember mm. Danny Granger, you got to go back and check the stats. It was a guy before Paul George that was a two-way player that would, that would murder you every play. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got you to look at that with uh, Tobias. I think he's going to have a great time there. I hope that they keep that unit together and Jimmy Butler doesn't leave to go play with another superstar. But if he does, I think they'll open up a void to go get a, a real point guard and move J.J. Reddick to the two guard like he needs to play. I mean, I, I, just, I just feel like that's the best option for them long term. Ben Simmons is a decent point guard, but he has a lot to learn, in my opinion, if he's going to play point. Mm-hmm. I agree with that on that. Tobias Harris definitely, to me, Biggest trade. Philly, I mean, without losing JJ Reddick, you get Tobias Harris. 
who we yeah. know is like a 16 and 8 guy. I mean, and he's having an awesome year. Incredible. Uh, I don't know what the Clippers were thinking. I had liked the cohesiveness of him and uh, Lou Williams, but hey, um, Philly, man, they. I know we were saying Boston could take Philly early in the season, but let me tell you right now, your money better be on on Philly. And I'm not just saying that after whooping the Lakers' ass by damn near um twenty something points. I think it was 17. It was a 140 to 123. Jesus. Mm. I'm running Angel. Plus 20. Uh, uh, and Kuzma had a hell of a first quarter. Yeah, he was balling. He had a hell of a first quarter. That diamond in a rough. I'm telling you, you don't lose that, that diamond. That go to show you how much offense they can put. Oh, Kuzma. Listen, Kuzma saying, don't trade me. Don't trade me. But I don't want to take on too much. Continue, my man. Um, After that, I think. One of the best trades we got to look at. I'm I'm very happy for it. Otto Porter is gone from uh Washington, so let's give that a round of applause to all the fans of Washington. Yes, yes, yes. Washington. We finally got rid of that horrible contract, just like Tim Hardaway, a decent shooter who got overpaid in a in a era that was about statistics more than it was actually about what you were producing on the floor. Just because mm-hmm. you're 40% from downtown and still shooting 40% does not mean you're Seth Curry. I don't know what the hell they were thinking with that money. So great move to get him out of there. You bring in two, two great players for that team. Mr. Bobby Portis, I see you, sir, out there already letting your team know you don't give a damn about Chicago. All you want to do is win. First mm-hmm. game in Chicago, guy goes for a dunk on the show and gets the half court. And basically walks down on him like a grown man. I see you, Bobby Porter. Get that starting spot. Mr. Morris, you may be out of there coming up this uh, free agency, sir. So you may want to play for your spot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Jabari Parker addition. Ooh, Jabari did I? Parker with a Bradley Bill with a John Wall. I think that's very, very scary. Very scary long term. If you can get him to work out his talent the way he needs to play, I think he's a three. Move him to the three star. Bobby Porter's at the four. Because if he plays power for his whole career, he's going to end up having to finish his years out the way we're seeing Tobias Harris. Now, you got to give it all you got or you're a bust, basically. You do. Six nine guy playing power forward just is, is, is not it, in my opinion. No, definitely not no more. It's a new era, new age, new basketball. Like that. Definitely Jabari Parker, man. He was another one, man. He was banging it on cats the other night, man. Let me tell you, that man is playing like a man possessed. He is upset. I'm upset. I'm upset. 50000 on my neck is disrespect. Disrespect. Yeah, I hear you, JB. That definitely is. Um, Jabari Parker's a baller. Um, Tremendous listen, talent. Definitely. Definitely. Um, listen, I... I told you, or maybe I haven't, I haven't said it on the podcast. Maybe we said this in um, private speaking, but I told you, um, listen, man, Duke doesn't bring you a but. Listen, a, a shitload of Hall of Famers, man, has it, been proven. If Duke has four guys coming out, one is good, and he's not a Hall of Famer. I mean, name me the last Duke Hall of Famer. The last Duke Hall of Famer? I mean, there isn't one. I mean, I, as a Duke fan. No, there's, there's some, yeah, but there's not that, that many. For some reason, I mean, but it's the not game, a real one. Like, Kyrie will, Kyrie like, will be giving, the – giving that stuff a bogus ass shot. I'm not even going to mention his name. Respect to you, Ky- but come on, man. 
Kyrie, Kyrie will be. Kyrie will be. Kyrie Irving yeah, Ky- Ky- will be Kyrie the first be. Duke Hall of Fame in a long time. And then um, if, J- if JJ Reddick gets a, a championship, he'll be a Hall of Famer just based off statistics and the way. He yeah, they'll give it to him. Yeah, everybody gets in now. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. I, I gotta look it up. I don't want to call it, but I could have sworn I thought they had put Grant Hill in. If I'm not mistaken, because remember the Hall it. of Fame. It's based it. off your collegiate and basketball um, careers. Just that most Duke players have a great collegiate career and a shitty NBA career. Dante Jones, you end up like, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just you know, speaking the truth. Uh, Ameka, uh, what's the dude, Jaleel Okafor? Where is he at again? He's in, uh, I mean, he, he, he's in New Orleans. He's been balling, though. I mean, he's been putting up a double-double for the last six, seven games. Games. He, he's in finally. It's Jesus. I mean, he... Uh, He's not a bust. He still got time to show who he is. I think he's like a David. Uh, I hope so. David West. But we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see how it transitions. And then the main guy that everybody you know talks about now, uh, Mr. Brandon Ingram. Um, he was supposed to be this incredible KD replica, and my guy, you're not showing it. So I think it's time for him to. He needs to see some new scenery. I think he need to go mm-hmm. to somewhere that's cold, to where it's gonna make him bring that fight and that hunger out of him. Because him saying him staying in LA. And just being in that, you know, area and just feeling like, you know, that sense of entitlement because you play for the Lakers, I don't think that's going to pan out well for him on the floor. I think he needs to go to a team that needs, you know, some depth. I wouldn't mind actually seeing him in, like, a Detroit uniform. I feel like put him in a city that's about fighting hunger, pull that fighting hunger about, out of himself because I know he has it. That's another guy that I think will go down as a Duke uh, Hall of Famer. Right now we're not seeing it. I mean, but I hope his career pans out long term to where he can actually be considered a Hall of Famer for uh, basketball, whether that's college, you know, or just o- overall, you know, they give him, they induct him into the Naismith Hall of Fame. So that's another guy. You know, you, you got you to gotta think about and respect. I think, you know, B.I. could be decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, we think about the next best trade, man, that Reggie Bullock trade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the best man. trade that happened on trade deadline was the Lakers getting Reggie. <laughs> you know how LeBron looked when he saw that tick. <laughs> he was like, he thought, who the fuck yeah, is I'm, that? I'm, I'm retiring tomorrow, man. That's what LeBron was saying. He said, oh, let me ask my sons. They play 2K. Um, Go to that roster. Look up Reggie Bullock and give me his overall rating. 72. What the fuck? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely a bust on 2K. Definitely. Oh, uh, what about that trade um Portland did? I think it was Nick Stalkis for um who was that? Wade Baldwin uh, Baldwin yeah, I mean, and uh, that's, that's that's money talk. That's all it is. That shit better. That's all that was to me too. Yeah, I didn't think it was it was a lot of those trades. Um Yeah, a lot of a lot of money plays that happened and you know we had You think anybody lucked out? Um, anybody made a bad trades, you think in your opinion? I think the Bucks getting rid of Thumbmaker was a bad trade. Just because of his relationship with uh, Giannis. And then Giannis has already lost your boy Parker. So it's like you keep taking mm-hmm. the guys away. You may end up losing your fucking superstar. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, you know, I'm just saying, like, if they don't win and you've been taking away the guys that he know he can win with, you got to look at, you know, he may start thinking of another team as the place he want to be. I know, that's, that's a very good opinion. It's very, very good. Um, I right, listen. This is probably one of the best trade deadlines they've had in a long, de- uh, long, long time, where a lot of people really didn't luck out. Um, oh, also, my man Marcus Saul. 
It's a dinosaur. Crazy. I forgot about that one. I slipped my mind. And he went. He went from a bear to a dinosaur. That is evolution at its finest. Pokemon, you can't fuck with that, yo. I'm telling <laughs> you that right now. All right? That, that man is evolved. And I think that is an awesome trade. Um, a lot of people feel like he's not, but I don't know what the hell he's What? She... With Ibaka? With e- That's what I said. They wildin', man. They wildin', man. Kawhi Leonard's about to have him a fucking pick and roll uh, monster. Oh, amazing. You know what? Um... I want to speak about him, but we're going to finish the Butler's quarter. Something very interesting about the claw has happened. But um, let me hear them rookie reports, man, because I got a feeling you've dropped some people and you've upped some people. I, I don't know. Something's telling me that, man. I, I didn't see it yet, but lay it on me. Okay. Um, starting back with uh, the rookies of this week. He's not going anywhere. We all know this. Mr. Luka, <laughs> uh, he's number Sporadic. one. Down <laughs> Yeah, he's number one. Um, in two games, he balled out. You know, he's still a top rookie right now, in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. He had 35 and 11 and six assists and a Mavs win against the Cavs. was a great game to see him go back and forth with young, young Bull Collin. Um, he got his third triple-double in the game against Charlotte, 99-93, with uh, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. I thought he was showing that he can actually evolve his game in that game. And he's proven that he's a franchise player for his team to make a big move the way they did, trade deadline, willing to give up the talent that they had, and even getting Harrison Barnes a horrible contract out of there. And breaking in KP shows that they believe in him as a number one, so they had to go get him a, a number two. And, I mean, at this point, KP, you got to respect it. You are number two. So I think they got a, you know, real strong chance. I just – I'm not believing this whole fucking 20 years theory that uh, Mark Cuban has with them playing together. I like to see that shit pay off because I mean, Porzingis is not man. Dirk, since he's been in his 15 years, been dead. Okay, uh, let's just let's just be real. On top of that, on top of that, this man has had an ACL injury. He's had injuries before that. He is seven three. There's no way he is lasting 20 years. Luca, until he stays off the tasty cakes, I don't believe that either. He just, he'll eat his way out like Chris Charles. So <laughs> I definitely don't believe that. He's got to show me uh more than that, but. Nevertheless, that man is still the top rookie. Definitely rookie of the year, man. Um, Kevin's not rookie of the year. Uh, number Definitely. two, um, it really got wild this week. Number two, Mr. Trey Young is he's evolving. I told you he's going to ball and taking ability, and that game's going to evolve. And he's definitely been proving it. Um, he was clutching a game against Phoenix. He had uh, sixteen of his twenty-seven points in the fourth quarter, sparking a one eighteen. 112 win. He definitely came back. Um, And surprisingly, what I saw, you know, that made me just say, okay, this guy's definitely doing what he needs to do. In three games this week, he averaged 21.7 points, 4.7 rebounds, and nine assists a game. They went 2-1 mm-hmm. and in, in, in this little roll run. So I think he's showing that he can actually facilitate as well as he can score. I think that's great numbers. If he keeps his numbers there for his career, he's a definite Hall of Famer. Um, The last thing I noticed about Mr. Young was he was actually the player of the month. For the month of January, mm-hmm. of all players in the NBA, not rookie of the month, player of the month, he averaged 18.7 points and 7.2 assists, and he's also going to participate in the Taco Bell Skill Challenge. So go show him you got some worth out there. That's um, right. Young, Mr. Young for the Boy. soft shell, not the hard shell tacos. Definitely. R&B album coming uh, late this winter, Mr. DeBarge Jr. <laughs> um, number three, we got um, the guy, the beast, the, the man in the middle, the real post agent, um, damn near the admiral, 
uh, Mr. Marvin Bagley the third. He's killing that man. He's killing it. balling. Uh, another mm-hmm. round of double doubles, Mr. Bagley had. He's quickly gaining attention as a potential superstar. I only say potential because injuries could prolong that and you know put his career in a different and different um environment, shall I say. He may end up out of Sacramento if he gets played by injuries, but I pray not, sir. Keep balling out, doing your thing. In three games, Mr. Bagley's averaged 16 points, 11.7 rebounds, 1.7 blocks, almost two blocks a game. is beautiful in 30 minutes. Um, his most impressive performance, in my opinion, came in a 127-112 win over the Spurs. He scored a career-high 24 points and scored, grabbed uh, 12 rebounds on LaMarcus Aldridge. We know LaMarcus is no weak guy, no, you know, Trump. Definitely, like yeah, no scrub. Go, we'll go up against with the guy who's probably arguably the best post scorer right now in the league. If you think think about more than just post moves and, you know, uh, finishing under the rim, you think about uh, shots over the basket, hook shots, you know. Oh, he can score that like paint, that. man. He, yeah. I, I, I said that not to go throw off uh, when I was watching him a lot earlier and even in college, summer league. He moves when he's under the rim like the worm, Kevin McHale. He just finds his way to score. Under the yeah. basket without getting blocked, he's very shifty. I like that. And I, I'm in, I, I, listen. Besides Kevin Knox, and everybody know I was rooting for him as a Knicks fan. He was my um, second choice as Rookie of the Year, man. Then Luca, then uh, just uh, the barge. But um, he <laughs> he's, he he could be a beast, man. I'm telling you, yeah. Mark, the Kings got three, a little squad. Two. I think he's going to finish out the year, you know, top three, top four. I think he's definitely up there for a possible rookie of the year. Uh, just thinking about playoff runs, you know, who, what team is going to make the playoffs. I think that's why he may end up with rookie of the year because his team's actually going to go to the playoffs and they may make it out of the first round. We'll see. Um, at number four, he's just coming back from injury, Mr. Aiden. Um, in three games, all losses, Mr. Aiden averaged 16 and 10 while shooting an incredible 48% from the floor. I told you this guy's going to be at least a 40 Six to fifty-one percent career field goal percentage shooter, probably one of the best of all time. If you think about just efficiency, besides the way Shaq finished at the rim, and he's, he was incredible. Um, I bumped him down a ladder because he wasn't his usual mm-hmm. self. Um, coming back from the uh, injury, he played decent, but he didn't show that he was more outstanding than the guys that I named before him. I think you know he still has a lot of potential. But he, he needs to figure out the two-man game with Devin Booker because if he doesn't, the offense is going to be one-dimensional. He's only going to be a cleaner mm-hmm. man instead of a four. Um, and number five, I got my guy Triple J. I told you he's my sleeper of the year. He's my sleeper for – Stepped his game up. Yeah, years. man. Yeah, definitely. I, I really his want, game I up. I watched him the last few weeks. Title yet, but um, I really like the way his offense is showing – uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., if you guys don't know who Triple J is of the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies, get familiar. Yeah, that um, boy's a baller. Of, with the departure of Marcus Gasol, it shows that the team has more love and they want to see more responsibility come out of Triple J. And he stepped up to the plate. Um, since the trade of Marcus Gasol, they got uh, two wins back-to-back with uh, huge victories. Jackson put up 16-7 and seven against the Knicks. Sorry to throw that on you. Um, mm-hmm. No, you ain't. <laughs> 23-6 and uh, two blocks while shooting 4-7 from downtown. He led the uh, Memphis Grizzlies over the Timberwolves in a 108-106 win. Um, I did say 4-7 for seven from a, a guy who was not known as a three-point shooter. So uh, I'm just putting it out there, man. He's my sleeper. He's the next unicorn. Watch out for Triple J. You will be seeing him a lot, getting posters, getting blocks, and definitely making big plays in the clutch 
nice jumper on that guy. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to be something the NBA, if he continues doing what he's doing, um, I definitely see him taking over as the face of the franchise of the, of the Grizzlies. Definitely. Um, Conley's on his, not saying on the decline, but like, I guess he wore his, 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 his welcome out, as you can say, I, I would say, kind of. Mm. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. they're going to find a way to get him out of there. I mean, or bring in somebody who's going to start over him if they don't get him out of there. He, he's at that point. Yeah, um, most definitely. Most definitely. And any uh, notable one, one, mentions, one, man? One, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. My honorable mention, um, the sleeper guy I told you guys about, you know, a few weeks ago, and he's been reoccurring in my top five, sliding sometimes to the top six. Uh, Mr. Ker- Kevin Hurtier of the Atlanta Hawks. Um, again, this guy's balling, man. He's strung together four triple, um, four double digit games, proving that he's a big piece of the Hawks' offense. And now with the newfound nickname Red Velvet, he's averaged uh, thirteen point five points, four point five rebounds, and five assists with one point three steals while shooting fifty one percent overall and fifty three percent from downtown. He's lighting it up. Definitely the mm-hmm. co-star. Uh, he's definitely going to be the second uh, member of the DeBarge family when uh, Trey decides to drop his album. Look out That's for Chico. Guys. Look out for him, man. He's definitely a baller. And last guy who popped up on my radar uh, because of the trade movement. I was thinking about the Clippers, like who else was there while they were having a you know a great month, and they were atop the West for a while. It was a guy named Landry Schmidt. Um, he was a part of the Spies Harris trade uh, with Philly. Philly has expected him to step up and be a great role player. I think what he showed in L.A. was that he's an efficient scorer. He can step out and open up the floor as far as making plays, being a floor general. But he also knows the way to take shots, and he knows how to get his shots no matter what position he's on the floor. So look out for Landry Schmidt. I think he's going to be an outstanding contributor in the playoffs for the Sixers. I think he's going to give Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier a little bit of a bang for the buck. So look out for that guy, man. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's always a pleasure to hear the weekly rookie report. I got to give it to you, man. Not just saying because you, you my tails and I'm Sonic, yo, but it's just so on point, man. It it, it does change, but it changed correctly based on the facts and stats and the eye test ladies and gentlemen i'm telling you right now you will not get a better rookie weekly report than here than live between sports and hate and uh we'll be back a few more commercials definitely got to pay the bills and when we come back we're going to talk lavar ball and his comments because you know what he's come back oh y'all thought he was gonna stay quiet for long hell no nah. y'all crazy my boy no, let my- okay you better get on the train now yeah, y'all gonna let my boy Lonzo play. Lonzo, the best thing to do. Y'all gonna let my boy play. You know, and we're gonna talk about Luke Walton, man. Because um with the shade he throws on Luke Walton, man, and the with the Magic Johnson um giving it to him during the speech on the side and, and the losing record. Luke, man, you, you, you ain't Skywalker. I'm telling you that right now. And the force is not with you, my brother. So we're going to pray for you. But in the meantime, in between times, pay these bills and we'll be back. One and two. And we are back. And um, in this segment here, we're going to talk a little about LeVar. He has come back, resurfaced, and um, the mouth is wide open, bigger than ever. 
And um, he's had some pretty interesting to say about Lakers can't win without Lonzo Ball. Anthony Davis is not a winner. Um, he was on Dispute, actually, a lot of shows. And um, in this segment here, we like to call the tube, where we like to play a little segment or snippet from a particular show. We're going to talk about it a little bit. We're going to discuss it in our own point of view. So here it is, um, Undisputed on Fox News, so we don't get sued. Uh, we're going to tell you what it is, and we're going to check it out. Deadline, what are the rumors? What are you hearing about the trade? What am I hearing? I'm not hearing anything. I'm just saying, you know what? I told the Lakers a long time ago. If you trade my son, it'd be the worst thing you ever did. And I guarantee, they trade my son, they will never get a championship. Because what they're trying to do is be the one here to quit. Trying to get all these players. Okay, thinking you're going to win this championship. You're trying to speak that in existence. I'm just trying to tell you. They're trying to do it like this, where they're getting all these players. Ain't the player, you the coach. Man, you don't have a coach, you out of luck. So you can get as many players as you want. If you don't have a system or you don't understand what you're getting ready to do, you're not going to win. I don't care. You can get everybody as good. So you're saying. Interesting right there. Very yes. interesting. Um, a lot of people hate this man. I don't. Uh, one. Everybody hates the truth, man. <laughs> one. <laughs> they do. Uh, the truth hurts, as we know. But one. Um. Listen, you gotta love a father that bigs up his son. That big up his son, though at times um it, it's very it's very fabricated <laughs> to the point where Pat Beverly's shutting you down the first game just to let you know you a rookie, you ain't gonna be ish. <laughs> that was basically his his point. But um, I like that about him. And number two, I, I don't listen. What he has said has come to fruition so far. He said his boy's going to get drafted by the Lakers. He's, he said, boy, got drafted by the Lakers. He said, LeBron's going to be a, a Laker. LeBron is a Laker. Um, I don't believe everything he says is, is, is going gonna, is gonna to come. But listen, when he's talking about a system and a coach, and we spoke about that recently when we speak about Tom Brady and uh, Michael Jordan, we also like to give credit to the system because the coach, to me, it's still a big piece. That coach is what develops you, is what molds you, so to speak. Like the as you, yeah, yeah so as, the fifty percent, and then you know the coaching staff and the trainers, you know they make up the other fifty percent. Exactly. So um, I kind of don't disagree all the way, but to some degree I do because let's face it, let's be real. Lonzo Ball is not the most aggressive point guard and when the games he is not aggressive and his head is in the air like a kite it looks like he doesn't know where he's supposed to be on the court and you're like wow this is where he could be and there are nights where he'll go 29 11 and 7 I think that was against the Phoenix Suns yeah so he got he has nights where he can go ham my problem with him he lacks aggressive aggression and that's a big thing, as we can see Jimmy Butler complaining about that with his former teammates, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. And a lot of us already said when Andrew Wiggins first got into the league, his problem was he, he doesn't have that dog in him. And that is not something that can be taught. So that's my only issue. If you don't have that coming into the league on some Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, I can't see you developing it later in your career. It's very rare. Uh, I hope he does because, to me, he is a talent. But um, listen, your son, 
shoots he shoots a free throw percentage that should be um that's Steph Curry three points percentage. I think he's shooting somewhere around forty four percent. That's that's terrible at the line. Terrible. Yeah, the, yeah, he's shooting like a you, man. Yeah, you making Ben Wallace look like um Mark a uh, Mark Price at the line, bro. It's, it's disgusting. I want to know your thoughts on that little that little that little snippet he just said, real quick. I think that he was right, but of course he went about it the wrong way. I mean, that's why he draws some controversy. That's why we're always talking about him. Um, but he's right about if they trade him, they probably will never get a uh, championship. And I only say that because uh, with this, oh my bad. with this, with this, with the young core, besides Kuzma, he is the glue for the young core. Like you know, I feel like they can give up everybody else on the team, excluding Kuzma, Alonzo, and uh, LeBron. I feel like they should make all those players accessible for trades and all that, you know, talk. Because if you build around those three players right there, Lonzo is, become, is going to become a more aggressive player because LeBron's going to force him to, just like he did with Kyrie. Kyrie was a scorer, but he wasn't aggressive with it. Once he got that cockiness to his game, that that's what led to, you know, um, breaking Stephen Curry up and showing that he was the better guard at the time. I feel like with Lonzo, he's going to get more aggressive if he has the right people around him. If he goes to a different team, it's just going to take longer. I mean, I feel like he's going to show that he can score and put numbers up, but he's going to have more bad games than he's going to have good games if he ends up mm-hmm. on another team who doesn't have real scores around him, you know, because he needs somebody to set up. That's what we noticed in college. He was great at setting people up even while he was getting his points because he knows the difference between I can score right here and I can set up an amazing play mm-hmm. right here to mm-hmm. get my, you know, chemistry going. And I think that's what him and Kuzma figured out playing with each other in the latter years. The latter stage of uh, last year, after the fake uh, Instagram beefs and the diss songs and everything, they became best friends. And you, you see that they both, their game's evolving. Oh, you definitely, know, definitely. Every game, but you're seeing that the game's evolving. And I, I, I feel like he's right because Luke Walden is just not a good coach. I, I told you that mm. he should not be coaching the assistant. He could be a great assistant coach and got some free rings. He could have did that. But instead, he wanted to take the keys of the ship and – Magic only gave it to him. Well, not Magic. Jenny gave it to him out of respect of him being a longtime player for the Lakers. So I respect, you know, them not being the Boston Celtics and treating their players like, you know, they're garbage and actually let, allowing them to climb up in the family. But you got to pull them inside or you got to, you know, show them the exit door. Mm-hmm. What I mean, pull them inside is he, he needs to go to the higher up positions. I don't think he needs to be in the coaching because he just doesn't have that tenacity, you know, to tell a player, pull him to the side and, you know, you're costing us the game right now. I need you to pull it out of you, you know, like shake that shit off and ball. We know what you're here to do. Do it. He doesn't really talk to him like that. It's like, you know, he kind of, hey, guys, we need to do this. We need to do that. Can we do this? Can we do that? It's never, you know, this is what we're going to do and this is how you're going to win. He doesn't have that, like, tenacity, I guess I'm trying to say about himself. So I definitely feel like he's right both ways. And he's wrong both ways because Luke hasn't had the personnel that, you know, we're expecting the Lakers to get. So what if the Lakers do get, you know, Anthony Davis and end up getting a Klay Thompson or somebody like that if they don't end up getting Kyrie? They still will have a great team that even if he's not a great coach, he can monitor the players around him to make them be a more efficient team. Because you got three scores like that, it's going to be kind of hard to say they're not going to get a damn championship, man. Like, they pure trash if they don't get a championship. Uh definitely on that. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna defend Luke just a little bit, just a little bit. You just a little too harsh on Luke. Just a little too harsh. Luke a good guy. Luke a very good guy. 
He looked like he could be Clark Kent, you know, and he could be the next man to steal. Luke, very nice guy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Always see him at church every Sunday, very early in the morning. Very nice boy. Um, listen, um, it's not. Is it easy coaching LeBron James? Let's be real. We've he's seen he's that coaching any superstar. No, I'm just saying, uh, not LeBron, but we know that. But LeBron James in particular, aka of some people who call him the coach killer. When you have that stigma tied to your name, it's a different story. It's not a superstar. This isn't um, Anthony Davis, so to speak, who's a little more quiet, who could be coach, who you've seen has had, I think, three coaches in his stint so far with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, forgot who was before Monty Williams and now um, Alva Gentry, who's the coach now. So um, it's different. Superstars, different superstars will allow you to be co- or allow them to be coach. Um, even the greatest superstar, uh, Mike Kobe, though they gave Phil problems as he wrote in his book, um, they were still coachable. Shaquille O'Neal, coachable. Anthony Harden, we coachable. I can keep going. James Harden, coachable. But LeBron James is known as the coach killer, as we've seen. Black, who did not have a losing record, gone. Because that was not the coach he wanted. He wanted Tyron Lue. And where's Tyron Lue now after the post-LeBron era? Nowhere to be found. He couldn't get rid of Spoltra because we all know, everybody knows, Pat Riley was not having that shit. Okay? Brown gone. These guys, he is a coach. He is the coach. So somebody like Luke Walton, I don't think LeBron was going to respect anyway. I'm sorry, just because he came with nothing and that's not somebody he affiliates himself with. You know, I think it was somebody that he was cool with, tight with. I think it'd be a different story. So I think there is a little um, a little harsh scrutiny that people put Luke Walton under for the simple fact is the person that he is coaching is known not to be coachable. And then you do that, um, you got to change your whole squad around him. And let's be real. They were doing good before that groin injury. Yeah. True or not? True or not? They were in, if I'm not mistaken, I think highest uh, fifth or sixth seed if the playoffs were to end that day. So they were doing very good. And let's face it, you knew that team was dependent on LeBron James. So when he went, um, you want to have the same squad you had last year, which was a 35 and whatever um, um, team with these young boys. Because you know what? Guess what? LeBron comes, they game digress. Sort of um, like in Boston with Tatum and Brown. Kyrie and Haywood is back. They game digress. Because you know what? Now you are no longer a primary ball handler. You saw what Kuzma can do when he says, give me the damn rock. We've seen great games from Alonzo Ball. We've seen good games from Ingram, too. Though I think he is yeah. the lesser, lesser of the three. And yeah. out of those three, if they were the locks, he is the Sheik Luch. I definitely uh, <laughs> would call him that. But, I mean, I, you know, I'm almost like a 60-40 split, or almost at a 50-50 split right now in 60-40 with um, Luke should go, should stay. But the LeBron James um, being the coach killer is, is, is a big thing, bro. It's a big thing. It's a big thing when um, you don't know if the team only, – the only thing I will say, his roster rotation is horrible. I will say that. That's why I say I think he needs to go. I will say that. It is disgusting. You need to – you should have then figure out what works, what doesn't work. 
Um, KCP and Josh Hart should have been very good with, with the Alonzo Ball. If he was to have him come off the bench or Rondo, I always said they should have had Rondo coming off the bench, have Lonzo starting, let LeBron play off ball. That way he doesn't have to be so ball dominant. He can rest a little bit, take his break on offense when he can, and doesn't have to bring the ball up all the time. See, it, it, I, I don't know, man. To me, they're, 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 that, those, those are my problems with Luke Walton, which is why right now I'm at a 60-40, which he, 60 he should go, 40 he should stay. But um, – his ass is gone next year. <laughs> he's definitely he's, – Luke, you will not be here this year in 2K20. <laughs> All right? You, <laughs> you are gone, my brother. I, I, I kind of feel bad for you. you know, your pops, great player, Hall of Famer, one of the few guys to give it to freaking Luau Cinder, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Definitely the um, Red Rocker throw it down, big man. Bill Warren was the shit in Portland before but that. But you're not your father, Luke. You definitely ain't. You definitely aren't Darth Vader. You definitely isn't. Question of the week, and this is a very good one, man. Um, I like both these guys. I really do. But I think one has a higher ceiling than the other. And my question is to you, Mr. Butler, and to the people who are listening. At the end, who will have a better career? Kyle Kuzma? Or Jason Tatum? Give me your answer, bro. <laughs> oh, man. This is this is funny. Um, I think who has the better career has already shown it. And I think when I say he's shown it, he's shown it at a consistent rate. And people are going to be like, what the f- when I say this? But Kyle Kuzma will have the better career. Yes! That's what Kyle I'm talking Kuzma about. Kyle the better career, and he's been more consistent because – it's not like he just started doing what he's, you know, the 30-point game. Bang! He, 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 he did that last year. You know, he had great games. He was a great rookie. He showed that he was, you know, a prolific scorer. I think the knock on JT is he can't play if the ball isn't coming to him consecutively. Mm-hmm. Like, he can touch the ball. He doesn't want to give effort. Him and Jalen Brown kind of got a similar style when it comes to their efficiency and, you know, how aggressive they are. But I think um, they both were kind of the same because of the height and the length and everything and the way they play. But I just think that JT has more of a um, slower game, like a fundamental game, and mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma more mm-hmm. of an athletic game. Like, he, when he scores, it, you know, it seems to have a little bit more pizzazz on it. Yeah, it Jason sense. Tatum is slower. Not to go there. I agree with you. Thank you. I, I thought it was the only one that was seeing that. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely yeah, he, agree with you. He reminds me of, like, a Paul Pierce, uh, Joe Dunn. Mm-hmm. Yes, very good comparison. Joe Johnson, very good comparison. Very good. Uh, what, do you, uh, I mean, what, do, what do you feel? You think is, you know, who you feel oh, like my, is going to be the one? Oh, I agree with you. Kuzma all the way. And um, what made me think of this question is um, last week, arguing with a few people on Instagram about um, the Tate. Um, some people were it was about Kyle. Excuse me. It was a Kyle Kuzma post. A lot of people started shouting out Jason Tatum, and I was like, "Are are are you serious?" And somebody said, "He's the um he mirrors Kobe." And I said, "What? He mirrors who?" I said, "Listen, man. I can tell you're a casual fan. Just because you heard he worked out with Kobe doesn't mean he's Kobe." I said, "He will never be Kobe. He doesn't have Kobe ISO game. That's for damn sure." I said, "He doesn't have Kobe athleticism." 
That's for damn sure. I say he doesn't have Kobe range. I said the man sometimes looks like he still struggles to shoot a three-pointer from distance. So, um, I, I listen, there's no knock. I like, I like Jason Tatum. Big time could be um, a star player. I think he's more of a number two than a number one. If he can learn to be a number two, because my biggest notch on him right now is that he isn't a consistent sidekick to Kyrie Irving. He should be that number two, man. And if he was a consistent number two, Boston to me right now would be balling better. Exactly. Boston would be balling a lot better. I agree with you on, to this, on, on the fact that him and Jalen Brown looks like when they don't get the ball, they get very sad, depressed, and lazy after a while. I don't see that with Kuzma. The only thing I would say with Kuzma, not that great of a defender, but he tries. And that man, it, 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 listen, he's got the dog in him. Yeah, I, I that's what it is. He's got the dog in him. Tatum does not have a dog in him. Brown does not have a dog in him. Um, when you don't have that dog in you, I'm sorry, it, you can only b- go but so far. You if you need... were to compare, if you were to compare the two, um, in a sense of like, um, I guess like a, a old school player like the '80s and '90s, and look at you know a modern day player, the 2000s players. Who would you compare both to? Like you know, if you gave two choices of back then. And today, because I'm just trying to figure out upside on both of them, and also you know the flaws in their game. Like what 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 are we, what are we noticing? Who Kuzma? Who Kuzma, right now, I will stick with um actually somebody who played with the Lakers in the '80s, just because he was a great scorer. Um, but he was better on defense. Um, I would say James Worthy. Who's okay. what reminds me of a little bit of a James Worthy? Um, very very good scorer. Can light it up, can fill up. People don't know James Worthy can fill up 29 points in freaking three quarters like it was nothing. Yeah, he was, he was a prolific player. Yeah, he was a very good scorer. Um, Jay, Tatum in the 80s. Who would I compare Tatum to? Now, that's a good 80s one. or 90s. It doesn't have to be just 80s. You know, just... 90s? There's a lot of plays you could probably compare in 90s. Shit, man. People might hate on me on that one, but shit. Yeah, I nah, people might hate if I say this, but to keep it real, man, um it's shit. He could probably be you know, he'd be a top tier John Starks type player, bro. <laughs> keep it real with you. Um, Thinks he would? His game is that of an ISO of, of the night. He's an ISO scorer. So I don't really want to say John Stars. Let me take that back because he's a better scorer. Yeah, I said I'm a better like, version. Yeah, the size of but a better version, uh, you know, as far as being that guard. Because people play, he is a three, but to me, he's he's a guard. He's a guard. He loves to shoot. He loves to take that mid range shot. Damn. Um, shooting wise, but you know what? He didn't play. He, he just wasn't good enough, but. I would say shooting-wise, the way he shoots the ball, because it is smooth, and the way he can't get his shot off, he's not the best, but he, you know, he's still young. Kendall Gill. <laughs> Kendall Gill. Oh, my Kendall God. Gill. Kendall Gill. <laughs> I'm, not talk- I'm not talking about based off, like, of course, I, I, he'll be better than Kendall Gill. But just the way Kendall Gill played in Charlotte when he was younger, um, long like he was, very smooth shot. Very people forget Kendall Gale was a, a deadly mid range shooter. Deadly before he got hurt. Uh, one of the deadliest. So he he was part of that top three with Larry Johnson, Lonzo Mourning, uh, and Mosey Boggs and um he's part of that. He he was better than Mosey, actually, but Kendall was always hurt. That was the problem. I see Jason Tatum, he has that shot. 
could be very good. If he could pass, listen, he could be a lot of players, honestly. Mm-hmm. A lot. He, he has a lot of upside to him. My problem is with him is when I, I, and I called it too. I said, you know what? I don't want to see him in a sophomore slump. I didn't want to believe that when Kyrie came, he was going to take that bad of a step back, bro. That's my only issue. He took a terrible step back. Like I said, he should be averaging somewhere to me right now, no lie. I think because of the way he played so well last year and with the addition of Kyrie Irving, who takes some of the score, the, um, the scoring and the defense off of you because you got to account for him. He's a Hall of Famer. I thought he should be averaging like 24 points a game, 23. Keep it real. I don't see no what's hard with that. Boston I'll should be able to light up. I don't think I would give him 23, 24. That's just asking a lot of him. I say 21 because he can get 20 points. 21 is good. He should be up in there. The only reason I say that is because with Kyrie, Kyrie's going to take uh, a lot of defense onto himself. And you got that shot. Kyrie drives to the lane, kick it out, three. You know what I'm saying? Mid-range. Um, he hasn't been taking it in like he, like he was last year. Um, definitely isn't, but that goes because I honestly don't think his athleticism is top notch, like everybody says, though. Like, his he's not the fastest, definitely isn't. Um, he does have he, he got some hops, you banging on you, you got to move out the way. He definitely asked LeBron, <laughs> he definitely banged it on his ass, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and then when he then we walked into LeBron, LeBron looked at him, he walked away. That had me dying, yo. Oh man. LeBron's a funny cat. He don't play that shit, bro. LeBron is a funny dude. But that's, Carol, you're trying to take his head off too. That's what I. That's what I never forget. He wasn't playing. Listen, oh man, listen. We don't even want to get to that Boston conversation, man. Because Scary Terry is my favorite. Out of those those three lashes, Terry Rozier was my favorite, man. Because he has the dog in him. He has the dog. He is, he is about it. Give me this. I'll take the shot. Oh, man. And sweet form, too. He's a shooter. He's a that shooter. That step back the other night, that James Harden impression was fucking me. Oh, what? Great player, great player. But the reason I asked, because I was trying to think about Jason Tatum, and I still can't think of a player I can play. I can't either. That's and why I'm giving that, you that's players. That's me that he has a tremendous upside right there. No, so, he, he does. He, he does. But. Without that dog, and I'm going to keep saying that, without that, hoo, hoo, you ain't getting but so far, man. A lot of people may say, oh, that's all bark, but no bite. There's a lot of guys who got bite, man. There's a lot of guys who bark. And I don't want to see him as one of those guys who just bark because um, Kyrie's leaving. So I think next year he'll bring it back up because he has no choice. The ball is going to be in his hand. I'm telling you, Kyrie's gone. We know that. Whether it be New York or L.A., Kyrie is gone, and he'll have no choice but to take that role. And I think yeah. he'll step up. I think Jalen Brown will still be in the same spot he is this year. I don't, I don't, I don't see him going back. Definitely. He was a Michael Carter Williams. Your rookie year was your best year. Keep it moving. I don't know. I, I, think, I think he got better upside. I think, you know, it's a better lineup. I don't, I don't, I don't know because you know, you know what it is? To me, he's, he, he's not a good – He's not a good. He's not as good of a defender as he should be for somebody with his size and athleticism. Um, you can't always take the three pointer, bro. Especially when your shot isn't wet like that. It, it just doesn't work. 
That's that's my opinion. Um, yeah, he was attacking the old weight more or less. I don't know what the hell going on. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you just fell in love with the three pointer. I understand you shot decent. He was a spot up. Listen, it happens. Draymond shot well one season, but listen, <laughs> Westbrook shot well for one year. But it, it doesn't uh, unless you practiced it like that. And you just say, "Hey, I'm gonna keep it moving." Nah, it doesn't work like that, man. It doesn't work like that. Um, something else I want to get on, you know, a player spot like like we like to highlight a player, and this you gonna like this one because the NBA is no longer rated R, but PG thirteen, my brother. And um, (laughs) that's my vote for MVP so far this year, man. I know a lot of people are saying James Harden, but listen, until James Harden gets some serious help, I actually think he'll be tired. You can't do that for a seven-game stretch. And the way Oklahoma City Thunder is balling out, (coughs) Westbrook has had some games where he's had 13 points shot terrible. Has had no problems getting 14 dimes because, you know what, he is willingly – giving up the ball to PG-13. And PG-13, for somebody who's, who, who they have said over the years, has not hit clutch shots like that. He's actually, his percentage of clutch shots is really terrible. I think it was something like three for like 28 or something like that. He's hitting them this year. I've seen, I've never seen such confidence in his three-point shot this, as, as much as it is this season. He is doing very well. Killing it. Step back three. And what impressed me the most he still showed cats he has defense. Shut down James Harden to me, bro. When he played James Harden on defense, it was a whole different story. I loved it, bro. Loved it. Loved it. Wasn't no fouls. He knew how to defend him. When James Harden does that step back three and people like to jump into him or they try not to move, he played him so well on that. I'm a big PG-13 fan. I'm so happy to see somebody come back from a horrific injury. And just playing, I mean, right now he's playing out of his mind. I don't see nobody right now who could overthrow him for MVP. Seriously, uh, last 11 games, he's averaging about almost 38 points a game. He just lit it up the other night. I believe it was 43. Come on, man. 45. 45. There we go. Sorry. Listen, I'm taking away two points from this man. I'm trying to give everybody else a chance. <laughs> he's killing but it yeah, this I'm, year. I'm, I'm definitely with you on the, uh, the NBA is definitely PG-13. Um, but what we people are not paying attention to because PG's having such an amazing year is Westbrook's having an amazing triple double mm-hmm. year. Actually, yeah. in his uh, year he won the um mm-hmm. won the MVP. So when I when I when I look at it now, I'm looking at it as in the sense of does Westbrook care about um the big hardware or is he caring about individual awards? And I think allowing you know PG to get comfortable and come back. Shows that he cares more about the big hard where he's willing, you know. A lot of some people were saying about him and KD. I really think it was more KD because look at KD and Draymond. Now it's starting to look like it. Yes, definitely. It's starting to look like it. And believe it or not, listen, look out for OKC, man. I'm, I'm, listen, they are. Whoever gets them the first two rounds, I feel bad for them because they're making it to the West Coast Finals. I feel bad for them playing them first two rounds. Yeah, Golden State. Chip on his uh, shoulder. And I, I cannot wait to see them play Golden State. I hope that's yep. the Western Conference Finals game. Yeah, I believe that is the Western Conference Finals. And that is going to – listen, man, to me that's going to be the finals. The last few years, the Western Conference Finals has been the finals. Because we yeah. all knew who was going to win when it came down to Golden State, except that one year it was stupid Draymond Green just had to keep kicking people in the nuts and getting suspended for no reason. But 
was his was past his past. Yeah, he was on him and Josh Allen was on the same stuff at the same time. I don't know what type of drugs they was on. I don't even know. Whatever it was that made him ninja kick people in the testicles, and that was it just it just wasn't cool, man. Just wasn't cool. But PG thirteen, man, keep doing your thing, and that's that's a shout out right there, bro. I'm happy for him. Keep doing your joint. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. I can see them finishing probably the Top way they're going. Probably. Yes, exactly. The words right out of my mouth. Uh, another team, real quick. I, I want to throw this in there. That I would like to see is um, is Sacramento. I actually made a prediction earlier in the podcast when I was speaking with the nobleman that. I said, don't be – and this was before the season started. I said, don't be surprised if Sacramento does the does they thing because I was watching uh, Darion Fox, man. He really did his thing in the offseason, um, improving his jump shot. He knew he didn't have a great rookie season, and he's having a spectacular um, sophomore season it's to the point where some, I've seen in posts where people are talking about most improved, which I, I don't think you should get that your second year. You're still evolving. You're still growing. But – Hell, but no, I get, think he. I think he deserves it. I'm about to say, if you want to get that man that hardware, give it to him. Tobias well, Harris, I think, are top two. For oh him. man, I, I mean, I don't. Tobias been balling since to me in Orlando, bro. He has, but not at this level. I mean, Tobias is. This I year, he's been he, his most consistent. Yes. Yeah, like he he was a all star. I think now, well, he was a. He was a, a a starter, and then he now he's becoming somewhat of an all star. All star, yes, definitely uh, agree with you on, on on that one. Um, something else I want to mention, you know, uh, the last mentions of, before we get off this. Um, Max Kellerman was a funny guy earlier this season. He was saying KD is an is not a top five player because of his PER player efficiency rating. I'm not the biggest fan of that all the time because, listen, stats don't tell all. Right. And um, the fact that he didn't even have him in the top five or top eight was really ridiculous. But thank God for YouTube because you can always go back and remind people what the hell they said because recently when asked about the Knicks and what they did, he said, if we do not land Kevin Durant, it is a failure because Kevin Durant is a top five player and you need a top five player. So my record skipped in my head. And I said, what? I said, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I said, hold on. Let me, let, me go, let me go back in the pages. Let me go back in the pages. Let me go back YouTube. Click history, bam. And I'm, okay, oh, no, he did say this. He is not a top five player. And I said, but now he is a top five. I said, so I'm confused. And see, this is the thing, man. This is real talk, man. Why one of the reasons I started the podcast. The media is just is just full of shit. Whatever they want to feed you, so you can follow them and so they can say, hey, yeah, we were right. They're happy to just feed you bullcrap all day. It doesn't make sense that you could be that wishy-washy. And I tell people who like this, man, this is the same guy who was so called a diehard, but now is a Lakers fan. Always been a LeBron fan. Let's let's keep it real. He's been the Cavs, Miami, and now Lakers fan. I, it's just amazing. I can't take somebody's word like that. You you can't have you can't tell me you give good sports advice and you're telling me bull crap like that. And you're going back on your word. I don't know. This is the same person that said Tom Brady um a few seasons ago was gonna fall off a cliff. Two Super Bowls <laughs> later, now what? He's uh, a great <laughs> Arguably. The only man I could probably, probably, no, I, I will because I, I think he is still better than him. Um, is Joe Montana? 
Yeah. I'm sorry. Joe Montana. But, um, if Joe Montana played in this era, he'd probably be the GOAT, bro. There'd be no denied. Um, Put it, it like this. Give Joe Montana um, Odell Beckham. <clears throat> give Eli Manning who uh, Joe Montana had. Different story. Different story. I mean, this man won four straight in the era where some say NFL had the best defense. That defense was it was it was crazy. Uh, oh, damn near a lot of teams. I'm probably about forty percent of the NFL had great defense. Maybe a little bit more. Yeah. That era of defense was crazy. It was the shit. Guys was getting hit, crushed. You know, um, we see now you can't even really throw a tissue at Tom Brady without getting a flag. So different era. Um, I was talking to somebody else real quick when they asked me, you know, what do you think about the whole Tom Brady as going down in history as the best QB. And I said, you know, the sad thing is, another reason why I picked Joe Montana over him, there was no controversy in none of his Super Bowl wins. So Tom Brady will be known as a Super Bowl winner with the most controversy surrounding his wins. As I said, that's that's not an awesome thing. When you win, you want to know that you won clear victory, no debating. That's why I say Michael Jordan, one of the best things is he don't he does not know what a game seven is. Doesn't can't, can't tell you. And the fact that Tom Brady has so much controversy, the flake gate, spy gate, it, it's just crazy. I mean, what's your take on that real quick? Um, are we speaking just about the uh, whole Tom Brady thing? I, I think Tom Brady is definitely one of the greatest. I would say he's the greatest modern day of this generation. He's the greatest quarterback. Um, but if we talk a long term, we talking uh just overall, I don't think you could really put anybody else against him besides Joe Montana, like you said. But I would I would still give it to Tom Brady just based off of yeah, he went through all that, but he also did I mean, people don't want to count it, but his first championship and that one was it what two seasons ago against the uh Falcons and mm-hmm. uh he, his first mm-hmm. championship and that one showed that no matter if you count him out or you count him as, you know, the go-to guy, he always is going to make sure you ha- you have an enjoyable game. Besides this year, this year was straight NFL BS. We all know what this was. I mean, come on. Oh, With yeah, NFL definitely. being in Atlanta and everything, hey, we all – we see it, Trump. It's cool, guy. <laughs> the, be- the, uh, the, best, the best thing I can say about the whole thing of the discussion of who's the greatest in this and that, there will always be somebody greater. The only person that, you know, we cannot compare anybody to at this point, we need to stop saying this shit, is MJ. They're talking yeah. about, you know, the clip I sent you today where uh, the guy was saying that comparing Michael Jordan to another basketball player is like saying that somebody makes better tissue than Kleenex. Like, it, it's yep. kind of pointless. Like, who cares at this point? That's how big Kleenex is. Like, we don't even call some tissue, you know, we don't even say tissue or paper towel. Some people just say, can you hand me a Kleenex? Oh, we'll grab yep. Kleenex out the, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So the phrase has been coined, just like the phrase MJ is coined, or his airiness, the royal airiness. You know, just I feel like the discussion needs to end. Who's the best player of the modern day generation? And that's when you can have the arguments about Kobe and LeBron's and the Tom Brady's and Peyton Manning's, you know, all these different players. Cameron Rogers, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like it's done yet. I feel like it's more talent out there, you know. So we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. But I'm tired of bringing the old with the new. Let's focus on what just happened and what happened in the last maybe ten years instead of the last thirty years and shit like that. Like let them let the legends live in you know their glory. 
Well, that's always going to be the the hardest part. What I tell people when you're comparing um, players is the errors. Errors change. Um, sports change. Uh, we'll never compare somebody. Listen, I'm going to keep it real. Love Bill Russell. Huge fan of Bill Russell for what he did for us as a culture and just making it into the NBA and what he's done for us. I'm keeping it 100. Bill Russell ain't messing with no center from the 80s, 90s, or now just because the way basketball evolved, players evolved. It's just a different game. I'm sorry. Those Boston Celtics ain't touching these Boston Celtics right now. Bad, different era, different rules, different – like things are just different, especially when it comes to football. Um, So many rules have been changed lately because, you know, of safety reasons. You want to have a lot of people always saying the 90s and the 80s were the best. Yeah, because guys were were going into hospitals left and right. So you're you're never going to have that era again. So I kind of agree with you on that. Let's just focus on – and even 10 years may be a little stretch. You might have to even go five because the way rules change, especially in the NFL. I mean, we haven't seen so many rules change within um, 10 years. It's not even funny. So uh, with certain sports, you even probably have to go, you know, with basketball, and ba- especially baseball, not so much, you know, because the rules haven't really changed that much, especially in baseball. I mean, Jesus, they're just now talking about moving the mound back. But anyway, that's a whole nother discussion. And we got a whole nother episode. We thank y'all for listening. Stay blessed. It's always a privilege. You guys are doing great, giving us awesome reviews and um, listeners. We're doing great. The number count is always going up. And uh, we, we can't thank y'all anymore, man. You want to tell the people anything before we stay out? Man, I just want to say everybody stay blessed, stay positive, kill 2019, you know, give it your best. And whatever you want to do as a creator, man, get it out there, man. Be in control of your own narrative, you know. So keep pushing forward, and hopefully you guys see us on a bigger platform soon. Shout out to Spotify for buying Anchor. Shout out to Anchor for giving us the opportunity. Spotify, we coming for y'all next. Joe Bud ain't the only one that got a good podcast. Time to love Straight up, up, yo. Word, we got to jump on. Straight up. If you focus, man, we out.
will give you peace of mind. Yes, he 